This is the Equip Podcast from Cornerstone Church of Ames, a podcast designed to help you live a gospel-fueled and faithful life wherever Jesus has called you. Welcome again to the Equip Podcast from Cornerstone Church. My name is Mark Vance. I am joined today by none other than Jeremy Horton, uh, man, the myth, the legend, uh, Jeremy Horton. If you don't know Jeremy, Jeremy is the executive pastor here at Cornerstone Church, and um, I wanted to give all of you guys a chance to actually get to know Jeremy a little bit on the podcast today. So, Jeremy, welcome to the Equip Podcast. How are you doing? Great to be here. Um, good, good to get an introduction since I moved uh, in a pandemic. So, yeah, we may come back to that question about COVID moving time. <laughs> Probably not the best time, but okay, let's start here for those uh, who may be listening to the Quit Podcast who've never met you, Jeremy. So I want to get asked some simple ones. Where are you from? Uh, what's your family like? And what is Jeremy Horton doing for fun? Give us a little Jeremy Horton introduction. We'll, we'll dive a little deeper after that one, but let's go with those first. Yeah, generally people pick up on the accent pretty quickly. Um, I'm not from Iowa. I grew up in Dallas, Texas. And so was a, a Texas A&M Aggie was where I graduated college. And so uh, fortunately, um, the Aggies and Iowa State seemingly are on the same trajectory in football. We both climbed and have fallen seemingly together. But nonetheless, moving on. Um, we're coming back, Jeremy. Yes. I got faith. We got, we're coming back. So from Dallas and uh, came from uh, just a, a non-believing home, but great parents. Uh, both of them grew up in single parent homes. And uh, so they, they put themselves through the University of Texas and um, were both pharmacists, but they just had, just taught me extreme value of work and value in, in people and community. They weren't anti-faith uh, by any means. They just weren't believers. And so um, so yeah, that's part of my story coming through is, which I'm sure we'll get to, but, uh, my family moved with me, which is great. Cause my wife is, she is the, she's just, oh man, I could talk about her for days, but Michelle, my wife, we've been married 16 years now. And we have, uh, on Saturday, a 12 year old Chloe, who's our oldest, a 10 year old Eddie, and then a seven year old Mac or McKenzie. Um, so we're just, we're, we're loving being here. We're loving the weather. Our kids played outside more than any other place we've lived in. So it's been great being here. Well, that, that coming from somebody coming into Iowa, that's not always, um, the response we get about the weather. So I'm glad for that. And I'm assuming just having all the kiddos, I don't know, like I often ask dads and moms, like, what do you do for fun? And they're like, well, I think I just told you I have three kids. They're 12, 10, and eight. And so a lot of my life <laughs> revolves around having fun with yeah. them. Yeah. I don't I don't know that soccer counts, coaching soccer counts as having fun. It's actually not. I don't actually, I have a lot of not fun. Um, yeah, so, I had but, that uh, with soccer, yeah. But, mm-hmm. but as they've gotten older, I have been able to pick up golf, um, some of those other things just to get outside. Uh, and so that's been, that's been a lot, been really helpful. So. Awesome. All right. So I want to dive deeper. You mentioned a little bit about kind of the family of origin story in that, but I want to ask you unpack a little, how you came to faith in Jesus. 
what's the Jeremy Horton God story here? Yeah. So went to Texas A&M. My, my parents were, again, just spoke value of, hey, we got this far on just grit and grinding it. And we want you to be able to take your family the next rung of the ladder. And so I really went to college just thinking, how do I, how do I become more successful? Um, and what does is, what is money and affluence look like for my parents? And really, it was my sophomore year where I just, uh, I, couldn't, I couldn't get away from this feeling of, there, man, if, if I'm chasing this, and I, I actually, and I know this is going to sound bad, but I actually felt like I had a pretty good shot at doing pretty well. And, uh, but I couldn't shake, like, is that it? Like that's life. And so, um, just through a lot of, uh, a lot of, a lot of thinking, a lot of introspection, I just landed that there has to be something more. And so I just kind of, kind of went open book for everyone. I, I met with, uh, people of Islamic faith, met with a group of Mormons, uh, did a ton of reading, met with um, some Jews on campus. Everyone had a everyone had an equal opportunity at Jeremy Horton. And uh, and really what it came down to is is uh, you have your th- three primary religions, Islam, Judaism, and, and Christianity coming back to Jesus. And um, I, I know it, it sounds, as I, I brought this up uh, a little while back, but it was uh, Lee Strobel, Case for Christ, was given to me. And that was really pivotal in that. I was like, man, I got to do something with Jesus. And so um, so I had that kind of spinning. And one morning I decided to wake up and go to church. And I just went across the street from the campus. Um, to a Methodist church there, and they were into the sermon singing Amazing Grace, and I it just clicked. I was like, this is it. The, like, I believe in Jesus, and this grace is something I need, I don't have, and I, I began to cry in that moment, and uh, an older lady came down. I don't know to, if Iowans know what pews are. I'm pretty sure normal cornerstone does. Most Iowans know what a pew is. I mean, we don't have them at cornerstone. We have padded seats. But basically, a pew, if you don't know what it is, it's like it's like a padded seat, but it's not padded and it's made out of wood. It's a long bench. So that's, that's not why I was crying. I was crying because I actually met Jesus. And so uh, this grandma took me out and uh, got involved with the local church there, Grace Bible, who has a great love and heart for uh, the college ministry. They did called Adopting Aggie. And so met with this great family who just walked alongside of me, grew me up in my faith while I was a uh, Christian. And so... Um, that's kind of my come faith story. Uh, I did go back home before I didn't go straight into ministry because I knew my parents were both non-believers, And so there's going to be, they paid about 60% of my education. And so I was like, that's going to be, um, that's going to be an interesting conversation. And so, uh, I went home to my parents, 
I think I'm thinking about going into vocational ministry. My mom goes, and she sighs. Well, honey, you know, there's people for that. And I like, uh, yes, I think I could be one of those people. Uh, so, so what I did and I was ready for the conversation. And so I just said, listen, I'll come out and I'll work for two years. Um, in the secular or secular construction management industry. And my, it was once I started money that I would let this other side go. And, uh, and so what great about that Mark, and this is what I love working with students now is I just, I was faithful to honor my parents in that moment and season of life when I wanted to go my own way. And, uh, through that, led a Bible study at home, and my both my parents came to know the Lord, and so now wow. they're some of our that's awesome. just biggest supporters and fans. So, wow, that, that's an incredible. I'm, I mean, that's an incredible lesson right there, Jeremy. From your story, is sometimes the the space you want to be faithful in is different from the space God calls you to be faithful in. You know, and just being faithful where you planted, God can do incredible, incredible work. It's amazing. So, okay, let's, let's transition from there. So that gets you into, you're headed into vocational Christian ministry and um, you go into college ministry world. And I want you, you've served as a college pastor in uh, Norman, Oklahoma, in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Now you've been in ministry in Ames, Iowa. So walk us through a little bit of that and tell us maybe a little about each spot and maybe a key lesson or two that God taught you in ministry in that place. Yeah. Um, Norman, Oklahoma. So university of Oklahoma is there's a church there that was starting a college ministry. And um, we got to, I just, I got to learn what it is to build from the ground up. How do you start it? How do you find students? And honestly, this is, this is 2008, 2010 is when, um, I started, I stumbled upon Salt Company, actually. And so, uh, stole whatever was on the internet. Um, so, was, I mean, I don't think, I don't think Gospel 101 was out yet, but eventually stole that. So, um, yeah, that came that out a couple of years helped. later. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, but we, I began to model it after that. And, and the lesson I learned here, um, is because you get into ministry and we had maybe Mark, like, I don't know, 25 people, 30 people coming. Um, and I was like, Oh man, I'm a, just a, a heaping failure. Like they're paying me this salary. I'm going to get fired. I moved my wife to, I mean, I'm from Texas. I moved to Oklahoma. No one does that from Texas. And so, um, but, uh, I remember going to the executive pastor and, and his simple, his, his words to me was, were simply like, just be faithful. And I was like, I don't like that either. But I remember sitting in that place and uh, the Lord simply saying, echoing that, will you be faithful with who's there? And so it really taught me the value of, you know what, let's, free, let's leave the numbers aside. Let's be faithful in making disciples and let's see how that plays out. And so really the big learning point with that and, and 
Norman, Oklahoma was how do I develop leaders? Because as we begin to, we be, we did begin to grow as we made disciples and, and people we came to come. Uh, and so I didn't know how to keep it moving um, along myself. So then you got to develop leaders alongside of you. And that started a whole new journey for me. Um, it's where uh, some great, great resources like Mentor Like Jesus, Reggie Campbell wrote that one where, uh, you know, it was not one-on-one discipleship, but maybe one-on-three, um, kind of how we do D groups here. Uh, and uh, just giving the ministry away, let it be student owned. And so it was able to draw people in and we were just able to see great growth in that aspect, which, which began to plant the seeds for the Lord to show me this just love and passion for leadership and systems. And so that's kind of Norman, Oklahoma, which we can come back. That's where I started uh, another degree and started there. But um, Tuscaloosa was, was some of my own story of, it was a, Hundred well, it's not my own story, but it was a hundred year old Baptist church, but it was directly across the street from Bryant Denny Stadium. And uh so I would I just remembered my again, let's go back and listen to my like conversion, if you will, was me stumbling across the street from campus into this church. And so for me it was like, oh man, I can serve at a church where people are gonna just gonna stumble across the street looking for those answers. And so I think really, I was asking Alana, which I think you've, you've interviewed on this here before, yep, who's yep. helping out lead in our equipping ministry. Um, I asked her, I was, what would you say was a big learning point for me in that? And she was like, that time in Tuscaloosa at the University of Alabama, Alabama was this idea of living scent. Like, I'm, I'm here, the nations are here. How can I love them and then send them back out, release them? Like, how do I steward this time as faithful as I can? And so, again, it was just a great, great time for me. Um, I think that's where uh, having finished uh, another degree, I was able to see, you know, do some of the systems that I built in Norman. Are they transferable here? Um, That's where some of, you know, I just tinkering around with how to build and develop people really began to, to come into play. And so that's kind of my journey. I met you in Africa when I was, we we were just kind of breaking through the seams and I was fixing to break apart. Uh, So we were pushing our numbers. I I don't know that we could push them much further without me just being shredded up. And so, yeah, we, we met in Africa and I, I mean, there's a lot of, story behind that. We were both on a trip kind of seeing what God was doing in Nairobi. And what struck me, Jeremy, meeting you was um, just incredible passion for college students, but also just you you had this wealth of all that God had taught you, but you were tired, you know? And, And so sometimes you just meet a guy and you're like, I think you, we've probably journeyed down similar paths, but I could see like, I think you had hit the peak of like, I've learned what I can here. God, I know there's something next. What is it? And there was just this kind of churn. Yeah. And so, yeah, God just knew and our paths crossed and very, very thankful for that. Now, Ames, Iowa is home. But I, you you mentioned this kind of little in passing in the story. I'm going to pick up on this. You had finished a degree. And so I don't know if people know, I'm talking right now to Dr. Jeremy Horton, actually. You have a doctoral degree. What That's is that true. in? And 
where did you get the passion to study that? So it's in organizational leadership um, with, um, we can, it's got an emphasis, but it's organizational leadership. A lot of it's pipeline and systems. Um, and Mark, I, I've never been um, the most, uh, like I, I feel like I do all right from the stage preaching. I mean, um, and, and do well there, but like what I've always loved and gravitated to is the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. I just, I love thinking through pipelines and, and helping people get to their gifts. And so I think as I worked with students and as I began, as we began to grow and structure different ministries, um, one of the things that I realized the church is really bad at is we look at people and say, okay, we need volunteers. Will you do this? We don't ever ask them, are you interested? Do you have a passion? Do you have a, do you, what gifts do you have? What do you want to do? We just say, oh, you want to serve? How about holding a kid? Which is, there's nothing wrong with holding a kid. It's just, Mark, I never really wanted to hold a kid. Um, I, and so- I, I struggled to hold my own sometimes. I just dropped yes, them. I'm so absolutely. sick of holding the kids. And so That's a I joke, just, people. I didn't drop my children. Okay, that's a joke. I dropped them sometimes. This is not sometimes. like it was intentional. It was not on their head. School. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, so I just- I knew there was more there and I needed a structured curriculum. I know that sounds so terrible. It's like, so you went and got a doctoral degree because you couldn't structure yourself to learn a pathway to, uh, yes. Um, and so, and then the question will also follow as uh, Steve Jones asked me this the other day. He's like, why don't you put that on your title? Um, because honestly, Mark, it was, it was, it was for my benefit. Like it wasn't, it, I wasn't doing it for a title. I was doing it because I felt like the Lord could use me in a, a supernatural way with a new skill set to help the church pipeline leaders out. And that's where I wanted to do it. And I, in most college towns that I've been in Tuscaloosa, there is a large farming subset, uh, Oklahoma, same thing. A&M is an ag school. And so you have blue collar and white collar together. And sometimes putting uh, a doctor in front of your name excludes you from certain places. And sometimes it includes you. So anyways, all uh, I have to say is, yes. Yeah, there's, there's probably some wisdom. I think Iowans in general, we are probably pretty, uh, I don't know. I think we're tolerant of doctors. You know, we're doctor tolerant. Uh, but so I get that, you know, it's so weird because I live in Ames, Iowa. It's this highly educated com community and yet so few people go by the title. It's interesting. Right. But Jeremy, I do think there have been a lot of principles. We've talked a, a bunch of them. So give me a couple of your favorites. I'm just things you studied leadership at a doctoral level. What are some things that you've pulled back that you're like just constantly these lessons that I learned come up in life and in ministry. Yeah. So just, this is, it's going to be again, Mark, it's going to be this, this is just common man, Jeremy going through a doctoral process, but be intentional. Like, how are you spending your time? How am I, when, when I sit down to eat with someone, whether that's lunch or have coffee, is my phone out or are they a priority? Am I intentional in that investment? Because they're taking time out with me. I'm taking time out with them. Why don't we make the most of this time, this moment? Or if we want to play on our phones, let's just go play on our phones. Sorry, end of rant. Um, the other is 
this is should be you know one of those again common principles but do hard things um it's it's kind of the draw uh here not that it's really hard but um we are looking at how do we scale out planting churches what does that look like how does cornerstone as a large church be really faithful and in building inroads into our community what does that you know it's it's hard like we we have to till the soil um especially in a society now like you know but the bible when you read it it's you know be a city on a hill be a light to the world be you know uh yeah and so uh do hard things and then the other is people matter um and you've hit on this lately mark but um we we all have dignity in the eyes of God and, and God has created us with that. And so, um, I think sometimes for me, I had to learn it early on. Uh, I would have a staff person actually watch me every once in a while on a Sunday and they would stop me if I was just, I'll get in this, uh, kind of like a horse blinder thing, you know, where they cover up the eyes so the horses are racing. They can't see anything. I'll just go, I've got stuff to do, but I'll miss the people. And the people are actually why I'm there. And so um, people matter is something that I have to keep coming back to and say, slow down, understand where they're coming from and just meet them there. So that's some of those are just, I mean, I can go a high level with that, but that's organizational leadership is simply being intentional with how you structure things, um, doing the hard work of you have to till soil. If you want to go to new places, that's just part of the work. And then, you want great people with you and that takes investment. And so um, those are some of the things that transfer across really all kinds of boundaries. It's really good. So it, almost all the elders, leaders, other pastors I have on this podcast from our church here, I ask them, what are you praying for the church? Um, as you see, Jeremy, from the vantage point you have looking at Cornerstone, where do you want to see us grow and how are you praying that God would grow us? Yeah. Um, and again, coming in, I came in in COVID. So a lot of things shut down. And so I'm actually now getting to see the real cornerstone and some of the people. And it's like, wait, where did you come from? It's like, yeah, I, I didn't sneak in. It's just no one was here when I got here. So, um, but Mark, just the faithful presence language that you, you voiced in Daniel, um, even, so we've kicked around with faithful presence, faithful witness. Those are those are things that have always stirred in my soul, especially coming out of collegiate ministry. Um, is just, and I want to be a light to the world, and I want to meet people there, and I want to show them the love of Jesus. And we live in a time in a world where everyone is looking to pick a fight. But there was this time in in Alabama where we would uh, do these kind of apartment neighborhood ministry and uh, a lot of these families in uh, Tuscaloosa, I mean, they marched with MLK and uh, they were just older generation. And I remember sitting on this, this porch with this older lady and just, she had marched with MLK. They had gone through the civil rights movement and just listening to her story. And she, she simply said, you know what, you're, you're the first person who, hasn't stopped me to tell me why this was wrong or I should have done this or I should have done. You just, you just listened. And so I think for us as a church, as we move into these times, it's just listening for the needs, 
not necessarily trying to stir up animosity. I mean, that can be there. And I'm not asked, I'm not saying we should just accept everything for what it is, but I am saying there is a faithful presence and witness that we can have in a city that is desperate to, to know Jesus and, and Cornerstone, man, the Lord has blessed us with resources to move in to those areas. I think, man, then Mark, then when we get to the network side, being able to help transfer some of that DNA to some of our churches to love college students who will, again, take the gospel to the next city. And it's just, yeah, my prayer is just being that faithful witness. Hey guys, don't, you can look to the left and right and try to compare, but why not just look right here and be faithful with where God's planted you. And so that's my prayer for Cornerstone is, Hey, where has God planted you that you can just simply be a faithful witness and go in day in, day out and just say, you know what? I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to serve the community here. So it's awesome. I love that. I love that. There's, there's a lot of vision to faithfulness. And Jeremy, thanks for just sharing a little bit of your story. I know that upcoming pretty soon at Cornerstone, you're going to be preaching again, and there'll be a lot of opportunities for all the people who are listening to this, members of our church, to get to know you, your incredible wife, Michelle. But I'm I'm very thankful. I mean, for all of you listening to the podcast, you don't get to see all the places and spaces where Jeremy Horton's ministry makes uh, everybody around him better. And in particular, he makes me better and I think makes my life a lot easier too, which my wife is also very thankful uh, <laughs> to you for that as well, Appreciate Jeremy. That. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah, but brother, really glad uh, for God bringing you onto the team here in Ames and looking forward to many, many years of ministry as we're trying to be faithful to be a presence Absolutely. for Christ here. Thanks for the time today, brother. Got it.